Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. I'm joined by Adam from the Loyal Company of the River Valley Podcast, AFC Edmonton Supporter Podcast. How are you tonight, Adam? Uh, I'm doing well. I know I'm doing considerably better than last time I talked to you. Yeah, last time we talked, uh, I believe that's when FC Edmonton seized uh, their professional soccer club. But now we're going to talk about the Canadian Premier League and FC Edmonton returning to a professional league. So I think that's very exciting on your part there in Canada up north. So can you just uh, talk the listeners through um, what has happened over this past couple of months, really, um, until we got to this point? Yeah, well, uh, I guess when we got to May, we started uh, the league itself. I shouldn't say we because I'm not with the league, but <laughs> the league itself started announcing some clubs, starting with um, York 9 FC. And if that name doesn't ring a bell with anybody, it's York is a community just north of Toronto, I believe. It's part of the GTA they're trying to create resonate with the community with that name and the nine is like the nine surrounding communities that they're trying to bring in and make as a whole mm-hmm. started with them uh then they did uh, down south the guys down south they uh they got a team right after and then it kind of gone on and on and on and then um we heard some of us fans actually heard uh maybe a week before the actual announcement that fc edmonton was indeed coming back and that was a big relief for us because we uh as fans we put together this yeg for cpl campaign Mm -hmm. yeg is uh like the airport code for edmonton Mm -hmm. and uh we just thought at least we should try that's kind of how we reacted in the face of what we thought at the time was losing our club so we did that and we got a lot of momentum going we got the attention of uh the ownership and uh yeah, as it stands now, we're we're a league of seven teams. With uh, they've all got managers now, and we're just waiting to hear on like roster rules and how they're gonna allot players. And that's kind of getting to be a little bit of a finicky back and forth with a lot of the clubs. I've from what I've been hearing. Yeah, and the Fath brothers they own FC Edmonton, and they wanted to know um, if there will be fan support. Right? How has been the uh, support locally in Edmonton? Uh, the support's been really big because with this, like I mentioned, the egg for CPL campaign, uh, mm-hmm. basically a group of like a half dozen of us just started cooking up the idea of like, well, what can we do? And, uh, we, well, we, uh, talked to a local microbrewery and we, uh, sea change beer and they got, uh, they worked with us to co-brand a beer, uh, and we did that for a launch night and that was massively successful. We just packed a 
small little bar there to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, we went up from there. We had an academy night where we focused on the academy, had some uh, – did like a formal presentation where some of the academy players came and talked and what the, uh, mentioned what the Canadian – really could mean to them that was pretty successful had an alumni night where we brought some uh, former players back in to do a q a uh, and then we also had uh paul byrne who's the president of the canadian premier league he made a trip up here last uh this past april and he uh he did a town hall visit then he also did another q a in a bar downtown here and um yeah it started snowballing from that and then um uh what had previously happened before all this happened as uh, there's one of our supporters Dallas uh, of course who's talking to another supporter in Calgary and they came up with this idea of an Alberta Derby with what was the Calgary Foothills team at the time and uh, the FC Edmonton Academy or reserve side it called and they dubbed it um, Al Classico like kind of play on words from the El Classico mm -hmm. and uh, and, uh, yeah, so we actually did a game. Since there's no games this year, the team decided to uh, rent Clark for, for an afternoon, uh, free of charge, just open the doors to all the fans. And over over 3,000 people showed up, like better than what we were getting for most NESL matches, to mm -hmm. watch uh, our academy side, mostly, a team mostly of U18 players, play uh, Calgary's Foothills PDL side, which kind of speaks volumes to how – how much this city gets behind a, a rivalry with the guys down south. So uh, that event right there was kind of was the final thing that woke up uh, uh, Tom Fath, Tom and Dave Fath to uh, to enter the possibility of maybe bringing this team back and uh, as a professional side and in, in the Canadian Premier League since we knew that Calgary was well in talks to get their own club. It feels like Canadians and residents of Edmonton, they sort of get behind their local team, uh, especially in a yeah. domestic league, right? Uh, and your general manager, the Eddie's general manager, Jay Ball, uh, here was a quote from him. He said that it has been difficult to engage and get our fans riled up and hate the team that comes in from Puerto Rico or San Francisco. It's easier for us to get our fans riled up and hate the team that comes in from Calgary. You can speak volumes to that. Like, we've already got what I'll say is probably the far and away the best rivalry in the league and uh, we haven't even kicked a ball yet mm -hmm. so what are like the future plans on and off the field for fc edmonton uh see before you talked about head coaches do you know if colin miller is going to return or is he gone? no colin miller's not back and from my understanding he wasn't even uh uh he wasn't even part of the discussion our assist the previous assistant who's been our assistant since like uh I think it was like mid to late 2011, Jeff Paulus, he had moved up to, um, uh, to get the head coaching role. And he's also been running, he's been the te technical director of the, uh, Academy here. Mm -hmm. And the Academy has been doing all like, they've been doing very well. Like, uh, they just won the Alberta provincials, um, in the men's premier division. And, uh, that's U18 players going up against men. So that just speaks volume of the, what kind of players he's, uh, He's producing down there and what kind of style to play they do. So uh, if anybody's watching FC Edmonton or want curious about them, I mean, it, next year's going to be a vastly different style than what uh, Colin Miller had before. I was reading earlier today that uh, the Fath brothers were talking about um, the home stadium, right? And they were talking about because they don't own Clark Stadium and they were talking about sort of like the seating arrangements and things like that. So can you talk us through 
Clark Stadium for next season? Yeah, uh, Clark Stadium as a whole is not going to change much. It's just too late in the since it is a city-owned facility. The club mm-hmm. is working with the city to get some upgrades to make it uh, more friendly for a professional club, which is something they never really got. Um, they they never really got much from the city at all mm-hmm. when they were in the NASL. So this this itself is a pretty positive step. But the general manager Jay Ball has actually come on our podcast and publicly declared declared that uh, um, Clark Stadium isn't the future for FC Edmonton, but right now it's going to have to do. Um, so in the meantime, I think if the big changes we're going to see is maybe if you remember we, the supporter section that was like a portable bleachers that yeah, was rolled out onto mm-hmm. the uh, end of the field, mm-hmm. it might see a few more of those to bring the capacity up a bit. But as a whole, I wouldn't expect it to change too much in 2019. 2020 could be a little different, but again, it's really too early to say because those uh, discussions are ongoing with the city. Yeah, even when the Eddies were in the North American Soccer League, there's always been this talk of a possible soccer-specific stadium. But now I think um, with the whole community behind the Eddies um, in the Canadian Premier League, I think uh, you might get that down the line. Yeah, we might. I mean, there's been talk. Some people have been talking about uh, um, renovating the ballpark here that used to have uh, a minor ball team uh, here, the Edmonton. Uh, I guess the, the most recent iteration was the Edmonton Capitals. Um, mm-hmm. They got a beautiful little uh, stadium downtown, seats about seven thousand. So, uh, got it has a lot of the. It's got the location. It's got the facilities. It's it's got a beautiful scenery behind it very picturesque if you're in the stands there um but uh it's it will need a lot of work and it's also uh you're kind of taking over another sports facility which is mm-hmm. not what edmonton really wants to do and not the club i mean i should say fc edmonton they kind of want to they don't want to be uh, at odds with any other sport yeah so did you say that that was a former stadium like there's no other team that plays in it or there is a team Right now, it's just a minor league team. Like, mm-hmm. um, it it it's a team called the Edmonton Prospects, and it's just uh, it's an amateur league. Um, I don't know too much about it because I'm not a baseball guy. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> yeah, but okay. um, you would be kicking that team out of there, and that's that's just not good publicity for for any club. Yeah, like uh, when the Cosmos were in the NASL for the final season. Um, we were playing in a minor league baseball stadium and it wasn't ideal. Right. Um, but we were coming from a college facility at Hofstra and we would lay down like our own special turf. But for the club going from a college to a, uh, sort of a professional stadium, a professional environment, uh, it was much needed. And it, it sort of brought the fan base to the next level sort of, because you had proper seating, you had proper concourse and bathrooms and things like that. So, Maybe in uh, the long term, that's not the best option, right? But I think in the short term, that would be cool, right? But Clark Stadium, yeah, it's owned by the city, you said. Um, yes, it is. And it looks like a nice stadium. It's small, right? But it looks like a nice stadium that you guys have called home for the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It doesn't do a lot to give off a professional soccer atmosphere. It's not in the best place in the city mm-hmm. i mean one thing it does have going for it is it's close to lrt so it's easily accessible but mm-hmm. uh it's one of those things like there's not really a good pub to do to, around the area to really do a 
pregame meetup and march to the stadium. It's not really, uh, I don't know, it's not really friendly uh, in a sense for fan meetups and all that. It's like you get in, you get out, and that's about it. Let's move on to, I think, a very important topic for the Canadian Premier League, the risk factor for a lot of clubs. For FC Edmonton, I, I don't think there is a massive risk factor because y- you were not playing in a professional league um, over the past couple of months. But for Ottawa Fury, for the MLS teams, right, why would they want to leave? They're in a stable league. Um, Ottawa Fury, their president came out and said that the USL is a stable league. It's a good league, and we kind of know what to expect from it. Um, so what is your take on that, on the risk factor for some clubs? Um, well, mm-hmm. first and foremost, uh, MLS clubs, uh, it's not happening anytime in the future. I mean, that's that's a process that's going to be, it's going to take decades. Like, I can't, I can't see any incentive for them to move within the next 20 years. Uh, I, I can't see the CPL growing um, that quick that like that big that quick it's it's got to be it gets got to start from the ground floor and build its way up and you can't it's got they got to learn to walk before they can run essentially so mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a bit of a process there as for ottawa uh it seemed to make sense it like it what was it was going around that it was the worst kept secret that uh the ottawa fury would, would be team number eight but uh, oh. there's been a lot of discussion about um uh, like the league and Ottawa kind of going back and forth. And I don't think either side right now is in the wrong because um, uh, there's a salary cap issues that I'm, I'm hearing that uh, some owners want the salary cap pretty low. Like I'm talking about like under a million mm-hmm. and uh, Ottawa Fury right now, they're at about what I've heard is their salary is at about 1.5 million. So that's a pretty substantial jump. And, um, the league's also talking about doing kind of um, like a one-time dispersal player draft. So essentially what they would do is if Ottawa were to join the CPL as, as I understand it to be, they mm-hmm. would have to give up a lot of their roster. And that's just not what they want to do. Cause uh, anybody who's been paying attention to USL knows Ottawa has been building a really good uh, group of Canadian players. I don't know if their results necessarily show it, but uh, they've got a lot of, uh, good Canadian talent down there and uh, they really don't want to give it up and part of the reason why they picked up all these players was for the CPL and you know anticipation that they would be making this move but uh, right now it's not making a lot of sense and as I understand it uh, the Fury have uh, well it's been announced today that um, they ha- they are going to be joining the USL but I heard last week or not joining but staying in the USL mm-hmm. but uh, I heard last week that they were just completely walked away from the table uh, from what all the owners in the Canadian Premier League. And it's very suspicious as the Canadian Premier League is very quiet on this. They've been very quiet as a whole. They don't like we're not hearing anything from them until they're ready to release information, which I think is very positive. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how the league itself reacts in the coming days, if they're going to make a statement or if they're just going to kind of try to let this quietly go away. Do you think that will hurt the league in the long term where maybe established clubs can join unless they have the sort of expansion draft where they have to maybe protect some of their players and uh, the rest of the teams can sort of pick their players? Well, I don't think it'll hurt the league. I mean, because what I'm talking about is a one-time thing. We're talking okay. about mm-hmm. what's going to be seven or eight teams. I don't know what it'll be right now. Uh, all needing... Uh, rosters built primarily at least half the rosters of Canadian players. So uh, there's, you know, 
as we see with the Ottawa Fury, they've got a bit of a monopoly on the players at that skill level that the Canadian Premier League is trying to aim for. So yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. naturally, the league would want them to to kind of give up at least some of those players. But uh, yeah, in the future, I think uh, I think we're going to see it a little easier for teams coming in. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do expansion drafts. I mean, this, this like it, we're getting very hypothetical because yeah. the league hasn't mm-hmm. released a lot of their plans with uh, rosters and all that. But uh, um, I guess we'll see. Like they're trying to keep local players playing for their local teams by the sounds of it, and they're also doing like open tryouts for uh, at, like across the country to yeah. try mm-hmm. to discover talent that hasn't been playing at the professional level. So I don't know. It's it's very it's very speculative right now. I'm trying, like I'm trying to give you an answer without actually knowing anything on this, but, uh, um, I, I think in the future it'll, it will be easier for a team like the fury to switch over if, if they're more aware of the, the roster rules. Cause, uh, like I said, that's not even set now. Yeah. I think it's probably better in the beginning for the Canadian Premier League to, um, build from the ground up and get those local players instead of spending big on maybe established Canadian players, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's a positive step. But talking about those MLS clubs, right, they're sort of ingrained within the MLS business, so they're really never going to get out of the league unless, I guess, they buy their club out from the single entity that is MLS. Yeah, I mean, you get into a really tricky area there, but uh, uh, first and foremost, if the Canadian Premier League wants to have those MLS clubs in there, uh, the Canadian Premier League has to show that they earn it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the only way they can show that they earn it to get those caliber of clubs over is to um, build themselves up and build some sustainability and, uh, you know, start start showing that their growth and that they can get to at least close to that MLS level. And who knows, maybe in the future there's a point where MLS doesn't want any Canadian cities in their league. I don't know why that would be right now because you got the three biggest canadian markets that are very you know got a lot of money and they've showed that they can support those clubs like i like i echoed earlier Mm -hmm. that uh they have to earn it they have to earn the respect from those clubs to want to come over so the canadian Premier league they're not looking at it like they're like the bigger club they're more established you know what i mean because say they have their own stadiums they have a bigger fan base the league is not looking at it like that they're looking at it that they need to want to be a part of this, right? So, yeah, yeah, because I I think the league will get into very uh, it'll get into very dangerous area if they mandate that these teams have to be a part of this league. But then you have other teams like uh, like Edmonton, like uh, uh, smaller teams like Pacific FC out on Vancouver Island. Uh, they just won't be able to afford to keep up with the MLS sides, and the MLS sides mm-hmm. they want. Uh, they're all about uh, being high profile, bringing in those high those those uh, premier international mm-hmm. players, and that's really not what the Canadian Premier League is about. It's more about uh, giving young Canadians an opportunity to play at the professional level and develop, so they can move on to bigger and better leagues. In the future, maybe maybe in twenty years they will look like what the MLS does now. But mm-hmm. um, it's like I said earlier, it's it's a thing where you gotta. Um, got to walk before you can run yeah do you think the canadian soccer association would ever mandate that they ever join the league or or no uh not anytime soon 
because mm-hmm. it's like I said, it's co- two completely different entities, two completely different levels of soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as that goes, it's a pretty messy situation. But if you're talking about the Ottawa Fury, mm-hmm. um, sooner than later, I could see the CSA uh, pushing pushing them to get into the uh, get into the Canadian Premier League because, uh, well, I've already heard some rumblings on Twitter today that people are suggesting the CSA revoke their sanctioning, meaning they wouldn't be able to uh, compete in the Voyager's Cup uh, next wow. year, which is our like U.S. Open Cup-style tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that would be very interesting, but I don't necessarily see that happening, not in year one of the Canadian Premier League. I see them having a bit of respect for Ottawa's decision right now, but if it's five years from now, I can see them uh, being a little more forceful with Ottawa. Yeah, I just think Ottawa is probably playing the long game here. Um, but I think they will have to spend a lot more money on uh, travel, right? Because they're traveling out of the country every single time. Uh, and like with FC Edmonton, local sponsors, they wouldn't want to put their money into something that's going to America or things like that. But now they're going to play in a domestic league, traveling to different cities in Canada. And I, I think that's more attractive. But for Ottawa Fury, yeah. it's just the league hasn't kicked the ball yet and now they feel that the USL is um, a strong league. Um, it's something that they trust. But I just think uh, once the Canadian Premier League and FC Edmonton starts playing, people will want to be involved with it if that's players, if that's uh, local businesses or um, maybe new teams, right? So I just think that's going to be very exciting from an American fan. And I hope there's a lot of uh, American fans that are excited about this. Um, but do you think you will see a lot of uh, American players uh, making the jump or or making the travel up north to play in the Canadian Premier League? Well, let's face it. Like I said earlier, like the rosters can't be 100% Canadian. You'll really kind of dwindle the level of play you're going to be able to get regardless of salary cap. So uh, the latest rumor I've heard suggests that half the roster will be uh, Canadian players, so the other half that roster has to come from somewhere else. Uh, and what I'm looking at is um, some of those Americans that maybe got pushed out of um, uh, NASL, uh, maybe some of them are going to get pushed out because I believe next year the USL is doing a third division where they're moving some of their mm-hmm. Div, uh, Div 2 sides to or their um, yeah. farm farm teams down yeah, to the, TFC two. the third division mm-hmm. so there might be some americans just looking to play at a higher level than what a third division in america is um gonna be so uh, yeah I, I definitely see an uh a good amount of americans coming up here because um you know it's it's an opportunity to play and it's not that far from home and the culture shock wouldn't be that big either yeah um you talked about the salary caps earlier. Um, yeah. Will it be a very like strict cap, um, sort of like Major League Soccer? Uh, I heard it's going to be, uh, yeah, it will be a strict cap, but there won't be any, as far as I know, mm-hmm. uh, it won't uh, have any uh, rules with like a designated player or mm-hmm. uh, allocation money, all those rules. It confuses the hell out of us fans. Yeah. So... Um, I, I think it's just going to be a very standard, straight-up cap. And as the league grows, maybe they introduce some kind of 
designated player type of rule to to help uh, get some fans in the stands because that's one rule I don't hate. But it's it's when you start getting into those different allocation money type things. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't even want to begin to understand it, and I can't see the league uh, wanting to go that route either. Yeah, you see it every day. It's like oh, FC Dallas traded Cam for. For, for Tam, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Like, just say you traded something. You know what I mean? Why do you have to give all these abbreviations out? Yeah. Ma- Major League yeah. Soccer, they're a very confusing league with all these rules. Um, probably the people in, in the league office don't even know what's going on, really. Thanks, Adam, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And do you have any um, closing remarks here? Um, do you want to promote your show? Uh, yeah. We got uh, a loyal company of the River Valley podcast. Um what we've been doing in all of 2018 here is focusing primarily on FC Edmonton, the the launch of the, the relaunch of the club rebirth, uh, talking about uh, a lot of Canadian Premier League stuff, speculating and going by some insider info that happens to pass our way here and there. Uh, and yeah, you can find that podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, all those places and you can also find us on social media we're pretty active especially on twitter at loyal company rv yeah you should follow uh, adam because um if any american fan wants to follow the canadian premier league follow fc edmonton right follow eddie's become a fan um yeah we're already uh i know we've already got a couple american fans so uh just based off what i've seen on reddit so that's it's, <laughs> it's very cool and interesting to see it go the other way than rather than us be fans of American teams. Americans are being fans of our teams, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of any other Canadian team, but I was going to be a fan of, um, the Ottawa Fury, but it looks like the USL is their destination for next season. So Canadian Premier League, FC Edmonton all the way. Um, let's go Eddie's. It should be very exciting to watch, uh, your sort of voyage cup, right? Is that what you call it? It's sort of like the U S open Voyager's cup here. Cup, yeah. 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 Or they call it the Amway championship, right? Is that a no name uh, for it? That was a sponsorship, but yeah. uh, no, we don't have that kind of sponsorship on it right now. At least you guys have a sponsorship, right? We got, yeah, we don't have anything like that here. They don't care for it. The United States soccer federation doesn't care for the U S open cup. They don't show it on TV. Nothing. Um, should be very exciting with the Canadian premier league, with some USL clubs with the amateur and semi pro sides in Canada. Um, it should be very exciting because you have like League One Ontario, right? Um, yeah. It should be very exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, for the first time in a long time, it's very exciting and it's not all doom and gloom for, for Eddie's fans on the off season. The season will run, I think it starts in April, is that correct? Yeah, it'll run from April April to probably October. We're probably looking at the same type of schedule as what uh, uh NASL had there might be a one week break right in the middle just to kind of reset the give give some teams a, a chance to reset and get a little rest but otherwise I think uh, I think we're looking at a very similar setup to what NASL had single table uh, maybe probably no playoffs but uh, that's yet to be confirmed um, very traditional type mm-hmm. of league we'll say that <laughs> would you want to see playoffs or no I'd like to see playoffs if there was no uh, uh, if there's no promotion relegation, sure, because then your team still has something to fight for at the end. But uh, with the league's long-term plans to incorporate promotion relegation, I'll I'll uh, I'll accept no playoffs and just a standard single table. One last topic here: Do you think they will implement pro rel or no? One day, of uh, course. They will. They will one day, 
uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it all depends on the league and how fast it grows. But at once it starts hitting that about 16 team level, uh, we're going to start hearing talk of promotion relegation. Yeah. The league has been very forward on saying that, uh, it's, it's very, uh, uh, open and welcoming to the idea of a pro rel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Prop. That's that's my assumption. The, so, the league will work with the CSA. So who will be Division Two? Would it be League One Ontario? Uh, or will they create you know, a new they, league? There would, uh, there would be a completely new Division Two league. Okay. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think right now there's there's some markets that just aren't big enough to to be what the Canadian Premier League is now. So for them to be able to come in and start at a lower level, get more grassroots following, and then get promoted to a Division One, I, I think that would be a bit more feasible of an option for, for a lot of uh, cities looking for clubs. Okay, Adam, I'm looking forward to more conversations on the Canadian Premier League. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited, um, and I can't wait until the, the Eddies kick off in the CPL um, come April 2019. Yeah, I can't wait either. We're we're getting nutty not having any games here. Thanks to Adam for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You can follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. Check out our website, firstteampod.com. Want to voice your opinion on what has been discussed on this week's episode of First Team Podcast? Feel free to email the show at firstteampod. That is firstteampod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. And I will be back next week with another edition of First Team Podcast. And as always, let's go, New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys, up Bandit Del Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see, and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it, and I'm playing. The fact of it is, the rap from Tia Tax, Hash, and Bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's tag the wing, holding back to the day, the mid, cutting the seams, it seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Effects Girl down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'll check the desk, no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless at the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.